Welcome to the NextGen Work Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Ross. I help leaders support working parents so that they can recruit and retain the best people. Join me as I interview experts and provide insights into the struggles that parents and caregivers face in the workplace. Learn how your business can become a place where parents feel included, supported, and valued. Being a family-friendly business isn't just a nice-to-have anymore. For the next generation and those that are raising them, it is critical. In this episode, I'm speaking with Lindsay Davis, the founder of Park Consulting. We'll be talking about how to navigate paid leave programs, especially in the state of California. However, even if you're in a state that doesn't offer paid parental leave, I think you'll find this conversation really valuable. We also get into talking about how to use and um, how important it is to sign up for short-term disability, um, employer leave programs, and some national laws that do protect you if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. So this is a great one for anyone who is planning to start a family in the next couple of years or for employers who want to learn more about parental leave programs. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you for coming on Playgrounds and Paychecks today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So before we get started, will you tell us uh, how old are your kiddos? And what is something that you really love about this stage of life with them? Or maybe something that's a struggle. (laughs) What I love about. Well, I guess I'll start by saying I have a two year or she's three. She just turned three last week. She was a terrible two and now she's a three in ager. And uh, my other daughter. So I have two daughters. My older daughter is five and she's in kindergarten. Um, I guess there is some really fun. I mean, like, even though I have the the terrible two, three nature. Yeah. um, She's still like she's like really becoming her own person. And like she can talk and have a conversation with me. and, And like sometimes she says stuff and I'm like, where did you even learn how to say that? You sound like an adult. And yeah. <laughs> my kindergartner, too, like this morning, she's like 10 plus 10 is 20 and 20 plus 20 is 40. And I'm like, all of a sudden, you're just like this person that like, yeah, things. <laughs> and you're not like a little baby anymore. It, it, that that part is really, really fun. Yeah, it's definitely a challenging age, too, though. I feel you on the three nature. Yeah. I still have a three nature that's about to be four. But Lord, has it been a long three nature year. Yeah. <laughs> and then a almost terrible twos following right behind him. So I definitely get the struggles, too. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about what you do. What is the park? Yeah. So the park is a parental leave consulting agency. Um, it like as a concept, I started it about three years ago, but as like a full-fledged business, I started it about a year ago and I help new and expecting parents navigate parental leave. Um, so what that means is basically, um, if you're adopting or pregnant or getting ready to foster or any capacity, you're going to welcome a child into your family. You're going to need to take time off of work. And so I help these people figure out which laws um, and programs, whether that be like a state program or a federal law, can protect them so that they can take time off work. And then how 
other programs like short-term disability, whether that's a private mm-hmm. policy through their employer or through state-sponsored short-term disability insurance or like a bond- bonding leave like we have in California, paid family leave, how all of those work together so that they um, can take the longest time off when their baby comes home um, and also get paid, hopefully. Yeah, that would be great, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But- both of mine were entirely unpaid parental leave. So, I mean, I would have Just loved you a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's usually the case for yeah. most people in America. Yeah. Which is a lot unfortunate. So I wonder um, what made you want to start this? Like, what's your, your origin story? I bet there's one there. <laughs> yeah, there sure is. Um, so um, I had, um, I have two daughters and mm-hmm. my second parental leave was kind of, just non-existent. Um, when I was pregnant or when I got pregnant with her, I was teaching group fitness full time and I stopped teaching around like seven months pregnant or so just because like I physically couldn't do it anymore. And um, I remember applying for disability insurance through California, um, but I only got like you know, now that I know what I know now, I only got right. like, a very small fraction of like what I could have taken. And um, my company supported me like zero. Like I never even end up going back to teaching because it just like teaching a group fitness class at 530 in the evening is like <laughs> the worst possible yeah. time for a new mom. Um, and then with my second daughter, I would had been working at a nonprofit. I loved, loved, loved my job. It was um, the mission was so aligned with my just like mission as a human and my goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really small. We didn't have a lot of finances. And my boss lived in Oregon and I live in California. And so she just didn't know what California's laws and regulations and rules were. So, yeah. I ended up going back to work um, probably sooner than I should have. Um, I experienced a lot of postpartum depression and anxiety with my second daughter. And a lot of that anxiety was around how I need to go back to work. And then I went back to work and I just felt like I was drowning. Like it was in the middle of the pandemic. I had a newborn and a toddler and a job with a lot of demands. And like I felt like even though I had set myself up for a parental leave, that would be like my work would be taken care of while I was out. Uh huh didn't really happen. And I just felt like I was never going to get above water. And so six weeks after I returned to work, I ended up quitting. And it was like the hardest decision of my life, probably. There's just like so many repercussions when a mom decides to leave the workforce. And I left knowing that there was something that a fire there was a fire that had ignited somewhere in me. And I was just like, I need to figure out a way to support moms so that no one goes through the same experience that I did. And um, the park went through several iterations to get there. But now I help moms and dads and parents figure out their parental leave so that they don't have to quit like I did under these like extreme circumstances and make sure that they get all of the leave that they deserve. Yeah, that that's great. Um, and I kind of similarly quit not not six weeks after I went back to work. It was almost a year, but 
I was searching way sooner than that just because, um, you know, I kind of felt like there was something else I could be doing too, you know. And everything changes. It was hard. It was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I loved, loved, loved what I did. And then I had my two little babies and everything was different. You know, your priorities shift and, um, yeah, it's hard. (laughs) And I remember telling my principal before leave with my first kid, she's like, are you going to stay home with your baby? I know you're going to want to. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll never do that. I'm never going to leave. She's like, well, I don't know. You know, she was a mom. And then a few years later, I'm like, so about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your priorities shift. It's just, yeah. And you just can't like, you can't, um, you know, prepare for, for that. You don't really know how it's going to feel before you become a parent. Yeah. I mean, I read basically every book that I could get my hands on about like mm-hmm. how to succeed as a working parent and until you're in it. Yeah. There's just nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's talk if let's say I just found out I'm pregnant in California because you're familiar with California, of course. What do I need to do like and when in order to get paid while I'm on leave? Yeah. And I know that's a big question, but like, when do I need to start? There is so many nuances that go into this. Yeah. Um, So we'll start with you just found out that you're pregnant. So you're probably going to have a conversation with your boss at some point, letting them know that you're pregnant. Um, So as soon as you let your employer know that you're pregnant, you're now a protected class. And so Legally, they cannot discriminate against you or fire you because of your pregnancy, but say they don't know that you're pregnant and like you had a really bad first trimester and you ended up having to take a lot of time off of work because you were so sick, they could fire you because Mm -hmm. you're missing work and they don't know why. So it's a decision that you'll have to make in terms of when you're comfortable telling your employer, but the earlier you tell them, the earlier you're protected. But a lot of people don't want to tell, you know, anyone that they're pregnant right off the bat because of, you know, so many different reasons. Um, so that's the first decision that you'll have to make. And yeah. then you'll go throughout your pregnancy and then you actually don't do anything until you go on leave. And it's like the scariest thing ever um, in California <laughs> Um, in terms of at least applying for the programs that we have available. I I should back up, though, and say it's I definitely advise all of my clients to have a conversation with their employer about the expectation in terms of when they're going to go on leave mm-hmm. and when they're going to come back and also set the expectation that those dates could change because most babies are not born on their due dates. And if you have any complications or anything goes, you know, awry from the plan, you might not come back to work on March 27th like you told them you would. Um, So make sure you set that expectation and also have a conversation with your employer around how you want to communicate with them Mm -hmm. when you're on leave um, so that you don't get like 911 emergency emails while you're in labor and you're like, Yo, I told you not yeah. to email me. <laughs> like, email me only in emergencies. It's not an emergency. Um, so set expectations around that. But then, like, getting into the nuts and bolts of your actual parental leave in California, um, you'll there's two different programs. One is called Disability Insurance, SDI, and that is for birthing parents in California. So in California, you're automatically considered disabled 
when you hit 36 weeks pregnant and you can start getting paid by the state. And then you automatically receive six or eight weeks after, depending upon your delivery. Um, And then you can actually take up to 52 weeks off and get paid through disability insurance if you have complications and your doctor certifies them. That's like extreme circumstances. Yeah. Not. That doesn't happen for most people. Um, And then the other program that we have available is for all new parents, and that's called paid family leave. And that offers eight weeks of partially paid leave to all new parents. So it doesn't matter about your gender or your birthing status. Um, So if you're a mom in California, you're looking at at least four weeks before you have your baby and then six weeks if you have a vaginal delivery for disability insurance and then eight more weeks for paid family leave. And that's just paid stuff. Yeah. And that's all just from the state, right? Like not even counting what your employer might do. That's not counting what your employer gives you or if you get disability insurance through your job. Uh, Also, we're not talking about job protection, which is also really important. But usually, as long as you've been at your job for more than a year, you'll get more job protection than you get paid leave. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of disability insurance, that was something I ran into because it was just like ignorance. I didn't realize that that was something I needed through my employer. That was the only way that I could get paid leave was short-term disability because I'm in Tennessee. We don't have any sort of state programs or anything, Um, at least as far as I know. I'm pretty sure we don't. No. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I might have seen it's not a state sponsor. I didn't think so. Um, So anyways, I didn't realize as, you know, a young person preparing to have a kid that I needed to pick up that short-term disability if I wanted to have any sort of payment during my leave. And I did get it, but too late because I was already pregnant. You're already pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, I was already pregnant by the time open enrollment came around. So I learned the hard way that that's really something you have to enroll for like way ahead of time, like before you start trying. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that is I mean, I come across that scenario all the time. And often your employer, I will hear that an employer will say, oh, yeah, we offer paid parental leave. And what they really offer is short term disability insurance. Um, I chatted with a woman a while ago now who had that situation happen to her. She was like, "Okay, boss, now I'm pregnant and I'm planning to go on leave like what does our parental leave policy look like? And they're like, you didn't sign up for short-term disability, so now you don't get paid at all. Yeah. And that is basically the worst news that you could get. Yeah. Like, right yeah. before you're going on leave, um, that you're expecting to get paid, and now you're not. Um, because as everybody knows, kids are not cheap. Uh, <laughs> it's always great to have a little extra income, let alone like some when you're welcoming yeah. a child into your family. So, yeah, that's like if I could like walk around with a sign above my head, it would be like (laughs) sign up for your short term disability insurance policy before you get pregnant. Yes. Go do it now. (laughs) Yeah, because that was really frustrating. I remember walking into like HR. Hey, I'm pregnant and I need to apply for, you know my FMLA leave because that was all I was going to get. And I'm like, and how do I get paid? And they're like, oh, honey, (laughs) you're not going to like. So we were still able to like save up and I took the full 12 weeks of FMLA, but it was so good, all unpaid. So that was that was fun. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I mean, FMLA is the only federal program that we have in the United States. And actually, yeah. only half of Americans even qualify for it. Yeah. So like what does it take to qualify for FMLA? It's a certain yeah. 
number of employees, right? Yeah. So that's one part. So um, in order to qualify for FMLA, which is the Family Medical and Leave Act, it provides you with 12 weeks of job protected leave that's unpaid. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, you can take 12 weeks off when you have your baby and not get fired. Like, we're really setting the bar. Right. (laughs) Um, And and, and not not everybody qualifies. In order to qualify, you have to work for an employer that has at least 50 employees. And you have to have worked at that employer for at least 12 months. And you have to have worked at least 1,250 hours in the last 12 months. So if you recently got a new job or let's say you're part-time or let's say you had to take time off of work for, you know, any other reason and you didn't hit that 1,250-hour minimum, you legally can't get fired. Like, you're, you're, your employer is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. For not easy. Coming to work. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, that takes a bit to even, like, process, you know, that over half of the women in America are not covered by any sort of protection and could lose their job just because they got pregnant. Yeah, which is why. And a lot of them do, I'm sure. Yeah. So a lot yeah. either lose their job or don't go back to work or mm-hmm. a lot go back within two weeks. I think it's like yeah. one in four women go back within two weeks of having a baby. And I had two emergency C-sections. And two weeks after that, I could barely walk. I could barely right. get out of bed. I couldn't imagine yeah. feeling like I needed to go back to work to financially support my family or to keep my job. It just there's like nothing logical or fair about that situation. No. At all. No. Not at all. And for us to be such a um, you know, developed country, <laughs> our everything about having a baby, <laughs> like all of the leaves and everything is so far behind the rest of the world. And it's yeah, sad. Yeah. We act the United States is actually the only developed nation in the entire world that doesn't offer any sort of paid parental leave. The only one. I'm hoping it'll change. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Do you know how many states offer some sort of paid leave? Oh, gosh, you're really putting me on the uh, <laughs> spot here. I think it's like uh, it changes a lot. It does. Um, which yeah, is a good it's thing constantly changing. Several states have um, enacted laws in recently. I think Minnesota is the last to vote it in. Um, I want to say it's 13. Um, and that includes Washington, D.C. also because Washington, yeah. D.C. is not a state, but it also offers paid leave. Um, but I think only like six of them have uh, programs that are actually currently in effect. A lot of them have policies that the um, that they have voted in, but they won't mm-hmm. take effect until either next year or several of them are 2026. Yeah. So not even half. <laughs> no, <laughs> not even half. Close to half. Yeah. If you live like... Jeez. In on the West Coast, or if you live like in the Northeast, yeah. or if you live in Colorado, like that's it. Everywhere yeah. else, everyone else, you're just kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Hopefully, you have uh, a short term disability insurance policy through your employer. Hopefully, yeah. And that's and hopefully it's a should... decent one because it's used like with my second kid, I had the short term disability, but I think it was like forty percent of my pay or something. Yeah, it wasn't. It really wasn't enough. Usually it's it's only a small portion of your pay. Yeah. For and it's only weeks. for 
six or eight weeks. Yeah. Depending upon your delivery. And also we should point out that it's only for the birthing parent. So yeah, yeah. dads and non-birthing parents, you get the short-term disability doesn't, you're not disabled because you had a baby. I mean, maybe you could talk to your doctor and if you're stressed or something and yeah, your short-term disability, he'd pay out that way, but you're not going to get it automatically like a pregnant yeah. person. Yeah. And I think it's probably pretty unlikely, unfortunately. And then I mean, we were talking about moms going back within a couple of weeks, but I know there's a lot of non-birthing parents that like don't even take time, like maybe take a day and then they're just yeah. back at work. And then mom is home with a newborn yeah. and... And we wonder why all of the physical issues that go yeah. along with birth. It's like, yeah, but we wonder why everybody has such postpartum yeah. mental health or issues. mental health issues. It's like because we're left in a home with this baby that's crying all day long and doesn't let us mm-hmm. sleep. Like we're essentially like sleep deprivation is a torture. Yes, technique. and like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to compare like having children to being tortured, but like. <laughs> you're, but if you're trying to do it alone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean, if you're at home, can really be critical in in making it so much better. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm so grateful that my husband was able to stay home with both of our kids, and he actually was able to like split up his leave. So that helped us with childcare, delaying childcare a little bit longer oh, too. Because yeah, that's good. I stayed home. He stayed home for a while in the beginning, and then when I had to go back to work, he stayed off for a little bit longer. Um, a lot of families that was really helpful, that. especially around the um, like winter time. A lot of families yeah. try to keep their newborns out of daycare. Like, yes, during you know RSV and flu season, and so the yeah. parents will split up their leave so baby can stay at home longer. Yeah, I can't imagine sending my like six or eight week kid to daycare in this season because my two and four year old has just brought home like every germ the last several months. It's oh. Yeah, I can't can't imagine having a little baby because RSV was scary enough with like toddlers, but it's really bad with the babies. Yeah, that's another another issue with the leave is the childcare aspect yeah too. It's like it, some, it, of these, you. <laughs> some of these moms are going back to work two weeks after their baby's born where's the baby going i have no idea because most daycare centers can't even accept children until six or 12 weeks old right. um so i can only imagine it's you know family yeah so if you don't have some sort of like family or friend nearby to to watch your newborn i mean you're just out of luck you quit your job yeah exactly and then we get into all of the gender inequalities in the workforce and why women's pay is so much lower than men's and all of those issues stem back to logistically it all makes sense it's because like we're being forced out of the workforce and so we're not there to get raises and promotions and Mm -hmm you know, new opportunities that men are there for. Yeah. Yep. I could talk about that all day. That's yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So as far as like applying for the paid leave from the state, is there like a lot of paperwork that they have to go through? Or I mean, what is that process like? You said you don't really get into it until after baby is here and you're on leave. But 
Yeah, it's actually, it's not too bad. Um, there, so when you go on leave in California, the first leave that you'll go on is disability insurance if you're mm-hmm. a, a mom or a, a pregnant person. And you'll apply like a week and a half after you go on leave. So the window to apply is actually nine to 49 days after your first day of leave. And everyone wants to like do it ahead of time and like get ahead of everything. But it's like you can't. And that's because pregnancy is roped in with short-term disability insurance. And the way that short-term disability insurance works is the first seven days are unpaid and they... Mm -hmm. They make sure that you really are willing to take unpaid time off to yeah. take some paid time off later. Um, like if you break your arm or something, you know, you don't you can't go to work. Um, right. Pregnancy is different. Like we know that we're pregnant. And we right. Know that we're to, like we're going to have a baby. I know uh, the exact date that I'm going to be 36 weeks pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, so I always recommend to my clients to at least go. So EDD is the Employment Development Department for California, and that's where um, we apply for disability insurance and paid family leave. So I always recommend the homework that you can do before you go on leave is to go onto the EDD website and make yourself a profile. Or if you already have a profile, make sure you can still log in because you don't want to have to be on hold with the EDD for four hours when there's a baby screaming in your ear because you forgot your password. So take care of that beforehand. Then you'll apply nine to 49 days after the um, information that you have to provide is not like super in-depth. It's basically like, when was your last day of work? Um, When was your first day of leave? Are you still disabled? Um, Yes, because... You haven't even had your baby yet, probably. Um, <laughs> who is your employer? Uh, who's your doctor? Um, and then that's it. And then um, for paid family leave, which is the other program that we have in California, you'll apply um, for that one to 41 days after your first day of paid family leave. So for most dads and non-birthing parents, paid family leave is probably going to start right when your baby is born. Um mm-hmm. But for birthing parents and moms, um, they'll, they're going to take disability insurance first. So wait until your disability insurance ends, and then you'll start your paid family leave, and that's when you apply. So how does um, the, like, paychecks work? Is it back pay? Like, how can you expect to be paid? Does yeah. Make sense? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a very common question I get all the time. So yeah. you get back paid. Um, to your eighth day of leave. So um, disability insurance always has a seven-day waiting period where that is unpaid. Um, you can use sick time or PTO if you want, but if you're also financially in a position where you can take unpaid leave, yeah. um, you just don't get paid for seven days. And then your pay through disability insurance um, starts on the eighth day. Um, and keeping in mind that depending upon when you applied for disability insurance you know, you could be, you know, weeks into your leave already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also it's not uncommon for the EDD to not respond to your application for weeks. So you really have to set yourself up into a position to be able to financially not get paid for weeks. Yeah. Um, and then instead of getting like a check once a week from the EDD, you end up getting like two or three like larger lump sum yeah yeah so you still have to really plan ahead for not having any income for a while 
Yes. And being able to kind of make it without anything until that check finally comes in. Yeah, exactly. So like, even if you are going to get paid through your leave, well, we should also note that the EDD doesn't pay you in full. It's only a percentage of your income. Yeah. Um, Is it a certain percent like across the board or does it matter how long you've been in your position or anything like that? Yeah. So it's 60 to 70 percent. Um, however, capped. So if you make over around $141,000 a year, you're going to be capped at $1,620 a week. Um, but if you make less than $141,000 a year, then you'll make between 60 and 70%, um, which is still a significant paid cut. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's always good. I always recommend like set yourself up financially the best yeah. you can ahead of time so that you don't have to worry about everything hitting you all at once. Like, yeah, having to pay your rent or your mortgage and buy diapers and like a hospital bill, like it it comes down hard. Yeah. And then there we go talking about adding to the postpartum anxiety, right? Yeah, exactly. If yes. finances are an issue and you have a screaming baby 24-7, yeah, yeah that's hard. You'll get through this, though, if you're listening. You will. You will. We'll yeah. <laughs> Just kind of on, on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Just totally lost my train of thought there. Sorry. Oh, I remember what I was going to ask now oh. about how that, like, works together with employer programs. Because if your yeah. employer has, like, 100%, right, you can put them together. Right? Yeah. So if your employer... Yeah. So if your employer offers some sort of parental leave, it, you have to integrate it in with what the EDD offers you and then layer that on top if you also have a short term disability policy through your employer. So there's three different entities trying to pay you. And what is the most important part is you don't make more than 100 percent throughout the course of your leave. So if your employer is paying you and your short term disability is paying you and the EDD is paying you, Remember, if you get paid more than 100%, you're going to get a bill from the EDD and you're going to have to pay them back. So the order of operations is the EDD gets to pay you what they want to pay you. That cannot be changed. Then your short-term disability can pay you and you can let your short-term disability provider know, hey, you need to reduce my benefit payments by XYZ amount. Mm -hmm. And then... If there's anything left over that you haven't gone to 100% yet, then your employer can pay you on top of that. Um, but your employer and your short-term disability insurance provider are probably going to be happy because they don't yeah. pay you as much. Um, but just don't get, don't think like, oh my gosh, I'm getting so much money because you're going to get a bill. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad to happen. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. And I'm sure that's where, you know, working with someone like you could be really helpful because I can't yeah. imagine trying to keep up with all those numbers and a newborn. Like, if you could apply for this ahead of time, maybe, you know, like, but once you're in the thick of it and you can't apply until after the baby is here and you're like trying to keep up with all of these incomes coming from different places and making sure everybody's doing the right thing and like that's a lot to keep up with and yeah, to take care of a baby. It definitely makes it complicated. But yes, that is a, a lot of what I talk about with my clients is basically how all of those programs integrate together so that you can get the most amount of pay, right? Leave, but also not too much. Not too much. Yeah. yeah. If we can get you 100%, great, but not 101. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
So let's say you're not in California or one of these wonderful states that have paid leave. Like, is there anything else other than FMLA that is kind of protecting or helping you out at all? Yeah, they're not necessarily like parental leave programs, um, but there's two laws that just went into effect earlier this year. Mm -hmm. One is called the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, and the other one is called the Pump Act, which I know you're very familiar with. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act um, allows anyone with a pregnancy or birthing status, so either you're Mm -hmm. pregnant or you recently have a baby, um, to ask for an accommodation from their employer. And as long as the employer is not going to go bankrupt because of the yeah. accommodation, they have to provide it to you. Yeah. And I'm sure the intention for this law was to um, help pregnant people to not be discriminated against mm-hmm. and to keep them in the workforce. Um, so, like, we're looking at, like, really low... Situ- like low bar situations like yeah you need a closer parking spot because like mm-hmm. you physically can't walk all the yeah. way to wherever you have to get to wherever your office is or like, or like you need you to need take a-, a bathroom break at odd times of the- exactly <laughs> yeah so you can take more bathroom breaks or like you need yeah. more water or you need a chair because you usually stand like really things that we shouldn't necessarily need a law to ask for but it's there now which is really good um, so if you need any sort of accommodation. Yeah. And I love that that one covers anything pregnancy related. So even if you're having to go through like in, virtu- uh, in vitro or yeah. any of that or like postpartum issues, that law can help cover you there, too. Yes, exactly. So from like, what I understand, if you need extra unpaid time off, uh-huh. that's what I recommend to my clients the most is um, I just need some more time off for X, Y and Z reason related to my pregnancy. Um, they have to give it to you. And and a lot of times my clients will, or I I hear this mostly on TikTok and Instagram, like, mm-hmm. well, my employer said no. Um, well, I mean, the next step is like legal action and like, yeah, nobody wants to do that, especially when they're pregnant. Um, but maybe just a little threat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Encourage them to provide you with what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if you just kind of, Prove to them that you know your rights and that yes. you might be willing yes. to go the next step. Then they're yes. probably going to work a little harder to get you what you want or what you exactly <laughs> advocate for yourself is like always the number one thing that I yeah yeah. And with you the Pump Act too. Um, I mean, I have a new course that's coming out for specifically for teachers. I'll have one for other industries pretty soon too. That's all about that Pump Act and like what your rights are and how to advocate for yourself. Because I feel like that's half the battle is, you know, knowing your rights and what you can do when your boss isn't cooperating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so I know what the Pump Act is, but you're uh-huh. like far more an expert on it. So um, enlighten me. Tell like, yeah, about <laughs> what the Pump Act is and like how it can benefit. Yeah. So it helps protect um, that time you need for expressing breast milk when you go back to work after a parental leave. So you can 
pump for up to a year, up until your baby is a year old, and they're required to give you the time that you need to pump and a space to do it that is not a bathroom. Yeah, not a bathroom. Can it be a bathroom? No, it cannot be a bathroom. Not a bathroom. Somewhere that is clean and private. So it also has to be, you know, lockable and not a space that other people are going to need to come into, like a storage room while you're in the middle of pumping and they have to come in and restock the toilet paper or something, you know. It has to be a clean private space and they have to provide you adequate time to go and pump for up to a year. Um, and I think it, that applies to anything, any employer with over 50 employees as well, I think is the cutoff there. Yeah. And the only industries that it doesn't really help is like airlines so if you're like a pilot it doesn't really help you i'm sorry but it applies to pretty much everyone else um so it was kind of a huge deal because I yeah know that is being, like deal. they were like sorry if you can't fit it into your you know all your lunch time you're sol <laughs> yeah so we've had a really similar law in california for quite some time now that mm -hmm people that need to pump the time and space to do that but if you lived anywhere else up until yeah that went into effect your employer could literally say no yeah and, and then you just gotta use formula or your yeah your pumping journey ends yeah it's not and that's no fun no especially if you've like set those goals for yourself and you really wanted to make it to you know a certain number of months or a year or whatever like that's such a letdown to not be able to just because your boss says no. Like that's yeah. So it's really great that, you know, there's some protections there now for people to be who want to. And I mean, there is nothing wrong with using formula. <laughs> My son had to be on formula because I couldn't pump at work and he was just fine. But if you want to be able to provide breast milk for your baby, you can do that for up to a year. And that time is protected. And like with the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, you there's some legal actions you can take if you know, your employer isn't giving you the time and the space. Yeah. And I like that your course is specific for teachers because I hear from teachers on TikTok and Instagram all the time. I'm talking about like, you know, new laws and programs and, and teachers will jump in and be like, yeah, well, I'm a teacher. And so this doesn't apply to me. And mm -hmm. it, it actually does. Yeah. Teachers are protected under this. Um, yeah. You know, the logistics are complicated, but if yes. you're willing to advocate for yourself and, you know, do the work, you can. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. And that's part of what the course will go over is like the logistics and how to try to help your, you know, principal set up the schedule or whatever, because it is a lot more difficult. You've got to get somebody to cover your class or whatever. But, you know, it can happen. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely going to be a different situation versus like somebody that works from home and can pump right. whenever they need to. Yeah. Or even in an office setting um, where you can just kind of step away from your desk and go do what you yeah. need to do. It's yeah. not so easy when you're in charge of, you know, children. <laughs> you can't yeah. just leave them. <laughs> no. Like <laughs> not five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little more complicated. And I think there was some sort of law in place before this that didn't apply to teachers or nurses. Like it would help others, but not teachers or nurses for some reason. So, yeah, I'm sure it's because the logistics around that can be really complicated. But like, if we want to support parents, like we need to just shift our idea of like what's easy and what's normal and 
once that shift has been made, no one's going to think twice about needing to accommodate a teacher to be able to go, you know, take a 20 minute break to go pump a couple times a day. Um, right. Yeah. We just have to shift about- our mindsets. Yeah. Mindsets and expectations. I was talking about that with um, some men about parental leave. You know, a lot of the expectation there has been sort of historically that the man doesn't get to take as much parental leave. So then they kind of feel this pressure not to take their full time and stuff. It's all about expectations and like shifting our mindsets as a, you know, society. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, it's been great to talk with you. Um, If people want to learn more about working with you or the park, where should where should they look? Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm um my website is theparkconsulting.com. Um you can email me at Lindsay at the Park Consulting. That's L-I-N-Z-A-Y at the Park Um I also am on Instagram and TikTok, um, the park at the park consulting. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, probably DM on Instagram is always gonna be like the fastest way to get in touch with me. <laughs> Um, but I also share like tons of tips and tricks and information about laws and protections and a lot of things that we talked about today on TikTok and Instagram. Um, so head on over and follow me. All right. Thank you. And I'll be sure that all those links are in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for sticking around for the whole conversation. I know this episode was a little longer than usual. If you found some value in this talk or you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure that you subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would also really love it if you could leave me a rating and review in your podcast player. If you're planning to breastfeed as an employee soon, I have a course that I think you will love. Check it out at playgroundsandpaychecks.com slash planning to pump or find the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.